Welcome to BSD Talk number 66. It's Wednesday, September 20, 2006. In the news, the BSD Certification Group has released the results of their community survey, and pre-orders are up for OpenBSD 4.0. Now, on to the interview. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Michael Dexter, and you are the project manager for SysJail, and welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. So could you let us know a little bit about who you are and what you do? I began working with real systems back in college as a CS student uh, using SunOS and Ultrix back in 91. And I was so glad to see that there was sort of a back door to the computer. However, I really did not like needing to go to the windowless deck lab, which well was usually most available after about 10 p.m., So I've been on a personal quest, you may say, regardless if it's for profit or my own use, to have a desktop Unix that, well, Unix work-alike, that is unrestricted and uh, meets that simple goal of having my own system back in my dorm room. And that culminated in 2001 when I worked for Mandrake Soft on the internal IS team, and I have been on and off consulting with the systems, both commercially again and for my personal use. So at some point, I'm assuming, throughout your uh, quest to find a Unix workalike, you came upon the BSDs. I did. In passing, I came across NextStep while studying, of all things, Latvian language in Kalamazoo, Michigan, where some founder had been an alumni and donated a NextLab. And I didn't quite appreciate the BSD aspect at the time, but I did know that that's how these systems should work. And then I started, like so many people, a long wait until OS X has begun to stabilize. Simply the thing slowed down so beautifully. It was remarkable, and everything else was just barbaric by comparison. And so in 98, my first real experience with BSD was, in fact, not using it. All of my research showed that I should be using FreeBSD, but I was sitting in Portland, Oregon, surrounded by Red Hat people, and along came Red Hat 5.2. And that pretty much was the elegant little workalike that I'd been looking for. That was short-lived in that along came Red Hat 6 and GNOME and various beta software and this unpleasant shift from a glorious scrappy little Unix clone to a dreadful Windows clone. And only now come like Core 5 is it, gee, an okay Windows clone. And that's a little off track, I think. So after the Mandrake Soft gig fizzled out, they were hemorrhaging money right and left. I don't know, I'd at that time given away my consulting clients in Oregon and concentrated on that. And I essentially moved to Latvia. And from there... I looked back at what I'd done and thought, what would I do if I started from scratch? And the number one thing that jumped out at me was FreeBSD's jail. It's an elegant virtualization system where for almost no overhead, you can have 
either a contained system or as many systems as you want. So I've pretty much focused on a BSD since 2002, and that was right around when FreeBSD 5 arrived with some pretty compelling jail features. And I've used Mac OS X since the inception, back when it was quite primitive, but uh, that served me well as a desktop. Now, the jails in FreeBSD, were you interested in them for providing web hosting or virtual hosting for other clients, or was it for your own purposes? I have a number of sites I need to host out of necessity, and I've learned that I just I will not share a co-located box with anybody. I've had enough trouble with their activity raining on my parade. And so the primary reason jails were attractive is that if, as anyone using a Unix system knows, that if you install software, it may litter the file system with little tiny components, be it config files, be it binaries, be it man pages, whatever. And while GRPM from Red Hat 5.2 was nice, it still didn't quite solve the problem. So at the time, my solution was to generally reinstall the entire box, which is not very convenient remotely. And so a jail allows one to essentially separate all daemons from the system itself to a jail. The overhead's virtually the same. You get some security benefits. But if your configuration, especially for all those LAMP users with different components relying upon one another, if you need to upgrade one, well, you, you hope that it doesn't break compatibility with another. If that system gets kind of stale, you delete it with like one RMRF, perhaps having to do flags first, but gone, clean, <laughs> no more, wiped hard drive, and in effect, virtual hard drive. And I moved, I've for years used disk images for the jails, and that gave the functionality of different individual partitions, and it was quite elegant. And from an organizational perspective, that's what I was looking for. It met my needs. And the main reason I asked you to speak with me today was regarding your project SysJail. So what is that? Okay, SysJail is a response to some of the shortcomings of FreeBSD's jail implementation. To begin with, it addresses the sort of flatness of the file system issue where simply for organizational reasons, you can separate off your daemon's file system or it could be every user has their own virtual system. However you want to, I mean, it opens all kinds of doors. As I mentioned, I believe... FreeBSD 5 came along and offered some compelling jail features, such as JLS and JExec, which let you well list the running jails, and they slowly introduced some rc.conf little configuration abilities. And I noticed that FreeBSD had moved to sort of a Linux-style versioning, where even and odd and even numbers are stable and odd numbers are unstable. And as many of your guests have pointed out, the FreeBSD 5 series just wasn't quite as stable as the 4 that preceded it. So I got my system configured to my liking, but I had stability issues that I could never pin down. Core dumps wouldn't help. There would be no warning. Sometimes I'd be up for a month, sometimes for days, and I got a bit fed up with that. So, okay, my a little bit of opinion is that the I see the uh, OpenBSD is the sort of truest, old-school, innovative BSD member of the lineage. And I swore to use it, but did sure lacked jails. And whenever I... Ha actually, I researched this for quite some time. 
I asked on the mailing list and found various posts, and yeah, people every now and then post, hey, where's the jail for OpenBSD? And the answer was actually quite accurate that, well, a proper implementation would be quite complex and require resources that really need to be focused on you know, core features like OpenSSH and overall security. And the smug answer was always use SysTrace. So, well, okay, we are using SysTrace. And it's a bit surprising that I've never met anyone who truly uses SysTrace in an institutionalized way across their systems. I'm shocked that the ports trees don't have many SysTrace profiles in each port. I think about three releases back, there were maybe two. I saw one for Zoop and one for something else not too important. And so SysTrace allowed for a jail mechanism that allows us to introduce a baseline profile where people have not been good about you know, implementing what SysTrace can do to contain bad behavior of daemons, potential behavior. Plus, we add some syscatil interception that SysTrace does not flat out doesn't offer. Plus, our system will go anywhere that SysTrace goes. At the moment, that means NetBSD, OpenBSD, and MirOS, sort of a weird sibling of OpenBSD, but it could easily be on FreeBSD, Linux, and even Mac OS if someone just sits down and brings those SysTrace ports up to date. Do SysJails require some kernel-level changes, or is it just user land? Okay. Back to the first response from OpenBSD developers is that a proper implementation would be quite difficult. And admittedly, even if we came up with a great solution, a true port or better jail than jail for OpenBSD, it would be a good three years before it made, made it into the kernel tree. So SysTrace, in effect, provides all of the kernel-level components that we need, and everything we do is in user land. So if your system has SysTrace working, we work around it, and that's how the magic happens. And with the SysJails, I'm assuming not only can you do something akin to a traditional jail of something like Bind or the web server, but you can also do essentially a fake operating system that you can boot up and give control to other people? Yes. We did need to go through and add a few devices, such as, such as the virtual terminals that allow you to SSH in. That was one of my key design goals that Christops elegantly pulled off. We, used, we like to say if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck. And yes, we produce complete systems with a, a binary install. It, it, our scripts pull down the installation media from whichever server you choose and puts in the real deal binaries. Now, people often think of virtualization as running other OSs. Uh, something we have on the roadmap is compat SysJail. That may not be the exact term, but the idea is to use the existing BSD compat layers to allow one to have a SysJail that is, in effect, NetBSD or Linux, using native binaries and using the kernel services to trap and execute those system calls. That should produce the lowest overhead cross-platform emulation out there. People can set up these you know, VMware systems with 64 megabytes of RAM allocated to each one, but you know, 64 megs is a pretty big allocation. And I don't think the average user can, oh, say, set up 10, 15 
64 so, you know, jails using those types of emulation, be it Zen, be it whatever. Under FreeBSD's jail, I, just as a test, launched 64 jails. Each one needed about 2 megabytes for OpenSSHD, and it worked, no problem, on a dinky little via 1 gigahertz machine with 512 megs of RAM. Now, when you're setting up a, a few jails on a system, what scripts or facilities do you provide for propagating the jail? You did mention one for pulling down sources and also managing the startup and shutdown of jails, either automatically or manually within the jail. Our approach has been to do what we do best and allow the administrator to do what they do best. We've provided minimum scripts to populate a jail and populate devices based on common needs and provided some examples of RC scripts. On OpenBSD, that's a pretty simple proposition. You ask it to... There's no concept of the reload, restart of daemons or simply start it and terminate it with a kill. So we let the user bring their tools to the table. I hope over the next few months to draw from the various other techniques out there. One of your recent guests mentioned their jail tools for FreeBSD. And there are a lot of good ideas out there, but fortunately anyone can generally write a safe enough shell script to be creative with those. So we don't take management too far beyond a script to list the running jails, to execute commands within the jails, to run process limits, which took us about two days to implement, whereas that's been a summer of code project for FreeBSD. We're focusing under the hood. Both NetBSD and OpenBSD are known for portability. Does SysJails run on all the architectures that are supported by these two projects? That's a very good question. We've had confirmations that it worked on, I think it was AMD64. Maybe it was Rack or Cube or one of those platforms. But I'd like to invite all of your listeners with their unique hardware platforms to give this a try and let us know. We will gladly jump on any bug you submit. We take them very seriously, and I, in some respects, feel that every supported platform should include an emulator in the base OS, such that for cross-platform development, it's a breeze to, well, answer that question and to encourage people to target multiple platforms, to test everywhere. And I think that will be one of the greatest features once we have Compat running, is that one can test these different environments all under one keyboard, on one file system, and one can just kill one SysJail process and have it all turn off and you know, get, get back to what you're doing. So I must emphasize, we invite testers, and so far we haven't had a lot of responses, but it's all been positive. We've had a few bug submissions. You can see those on the site, but we can only assume that people are doing quite well with it. Yeah, looking at your website, the documentation seems quite clear, and it points out for both OpenBSD and NetBSD the simple commands you need to type to pull down the port and even a simple uh, one-liner to launch a jailed BNSH. So I think people should be able to test pretty easily. Yeah, creating that sort of walks-like-a-duck system with SSHD waiting for you to jump in is pretty straightforward, and I encourage people to explore. Uh, I've toyed with disk images for a long time, and a warning to OpenBSD 3.9 users, there is a small kernel bug that 
causes uh, the kernel to panic if you're using a disk image for too much traffic. So there is a patch out there. That's unfortunate, but hopefully that's fixed in 4.0. I like to think that we've offered tools that our, our audience will come back with the coolest uses for. <laughs> we can only meet our needs, but this opens a lot of doors. And what is the current version of SysJail? The current version of SysJail is 1.03. I'm waiting until we have Compat NetBSD running to really get it out there and you know, hopefully get that, for what it's worth, slash dot post. They rejected my first announcement. If someone has better karma or whatever than me, go ahead and submit it. We don't care. I think Compat will be a pretty much a killer feature, even if it's prototyped with NetBSD, simply because there's a lot of activity this summer on Compat Linux for FreeBSD. There was a summer of code project, and they are diligently going through the missing calls and we may need to jump in and sort of push it over the edge there, get it going, and get it ported over to OpenBSD. And basically, for all those GNU Debian KBSD people who have been trying to run Debian on top of either a FreeBSD kernel or NetBSD kernel, they could run their own native Intel Linux-compatible user land on top of SysJail, They'd get their packet filter, they'd get OpenBSD and all, more NetBSD and all their benefits. But this is what will hopefully open the door to certified Oracle and Java running on the BSDs is through Compat and through a separate virtualized environment. And I must warn users that SysTrace itself does introduce a performance hit. And if you do benchmark this against a completely native system, yes, there will be a pretty big difference. You could benchmark it against a system with SysTrace running, but it still wouldn't represent all the the interceptions we make. But what I'd really love to see is someone sit down and set this up and benchmark it against Zen on NetBSD. That might be more accurate, more you know, more compelling comparison. And I'm glad to see, I think just this last week, that Zen on OpenBSD has reached the most primitive, bootable step. And so that's quite exciting. So a combination of Compat and SysTrace ports and completion of, of Zen on OpenBSD will make a wonderful environment where you're equidistant from different user lands. There they are. And there's they're very low overhead, and if they're not behaving, just kill the main process and they go away. That, I think, brings up an interesting discussion, and that is what's the appropriate place for jails and the appropriate place for emulation or virtualization like Zen? Time will tell. I love jails from an organizational perspective. A true blue OpenBSD developer will say that code should never have bugs or security flaws, and you should never have to take these additional steps to contain daemons. From a privacy perspective, perhaps every user should have their own essentially virtual system and not know that there are perhaps a thousand other users on the system. There are legitimate arguments for server consolidation, and I, I think our low overhead in memory will make that more attractive to you know, those running, again, this dinky little VIA mini ITX one gigahertz machine with 512 megs RAM that's 
not going to run a bunch of Zen hosts very efficiently, or especially user mode Linux. So I guess time will tell. And again, I leave it up to the general populace to come up with the cool uses. We come to the table with our needs, and we've done what we can to make our tool as flexible as possible. And hey, guys, bring it on. We can host a contrib page if you like. I'll put up some of my own little scripts and this should be interesting. And I hope this to be one of you know, a compelling feature to bring people to the BSDs. As we go working under the hood there, we've bumped into some of the rough edges. We've submitted a whole bunch of, of documentation bugs during this process. How many people are on the team and working on this project right now? Chris stops doing the core development and myself project managing doing server administration and prioritizing his work. And we've, we give credit where credit is due. We've received some, initially some ports, uh, some bug fixes, and beyond the two of us, that's about it. And hopefully as this project picks up steam, some more people will start contributing code, and uh, maybe this will become an official package for all the different BSDs. I've thought about that. Our pride will not get ahead of us, and we are not pushing for its, say, inclusion in anyone's base operating system. It is what it is. We'll make it as easy to use and compatible as possible. The best thing people can do for us is to work on their code, be it SysTrace, be it others, and we'll do our part. That nails the beauty of the Unix model. It is modular, and if something meets a specification, it usually just works when it should work. <laughs> Plug it together, and there it goes. And are you using sysjails in production right now? Yes. The sysjail.bsd.lv site has been one of the aforementioned mini-ITX vias running only an, uh, an Apache web daemon sysjail, and we've appropriately called it dog food. And that poor little system has, well, served 40,000 hits in August, and eventually the proper bsd.lv co-located server will be moved to Sysjail, but hey, it, it hasn't broken a sweat under its you know, public usage. Everything you see there and the several other projects like XFS scale are below it. And perhaps as a, as a distant user, you can tell me how the response time is. I, I'm kind of biased sitting here in Latvia, not too far in an IP respect. If it makes it on the slash dot, I guess you'll really be able to see <laughs> how it performs. That will be the test, and we braced ourselves for that. The article was rejected, but still, we're fine. We've we've been written up in German sites. We've been we have a big Czech following. That's kind of cool. And hey, we're as as the marketing department, shall we say, it's kind of a tricky to balance putting an idea into someone's head or into their inbox when they're such clever, intuitive people that they usually find these things. So we do need to get the word out. Let's see, Damon News was good about announcing the call for testing. And so we're, we're satisfied so far. Just We'd love to hear more feedback, just uh, horror stories, success stories. I will not at this time speculate as to how this could work in the co-location industry, but we're certainly listening. And running it in production, are there some typical gotchas that will get people as they test? No, we've forgotten about the machine. <laughs> we, I pop in periodically and you know run a a stats 
calculation with classical, oh, what's that, Mr. Unix, Webalizer, and it hasn't been a problem. Seriously, nothing. We did run into that. Actually, in fact, dog food is running in a disk image just because we can, and we did run into that kernel bug, but beyond that, no issues. We haven't hit it too hard, say, I don't know, with other applications that are more demanding, like a giant database or something, but I invite your listeners to give that a try and spend an afternoon finding it. Oh, hey, please break it. <laughs> Let me cut to the chase. Maybe moving on from SysJails, what other projects are you working on? Well, when I arrived in Latvia four years ago, there was no open source industry to work in. My my skills were, I don't know, lumped in with oh, Windows admins. <laughs> and so I became very active with what organizations there were. And I've invited David Axmark of MeSQL to Riga. That is me, not my. He'll tell you the story. And my, many of the projects are community-related. You'll see that we've got the Pike Conference coming up under the site, as I mentioned, there is XFS scale. That is a above all the documentation effort of NNPFS, formerly known as XFS, and they, they I guess pulled that name out of thin air. And it is a user land file system, somewhat like Fuse, and we have some very cool ideas of first off how that could be an SSHFS for several platforms, including Macintosh, just like Systrace. It can go anywhere almost, except Windows. It could also serve as a SysJail proc FS. I think under FreeBSD jails, by default, you mount the proc file system on each jail, and each jail sees what everything else on the system sees, every other process, and that's certainly not a very smart thing to do from a security perspective. So using this userland file system, we can segregate out each jail's processes. So jail procfs can allow a jail to only see the processes that belong to it. Very smart from a security perspective. And our reason behind the XFS scale work is our hope to write a replicating file system. There aren't many out there. Anytime I set up a system, I think it would sure be handy to, say, mirror that mail spool to an adjacent system efficiently. And perhaps with the university, we'll find some additional funding and talent to pull that off. And those who will attend the Milan EuroBSD conference can hear Christophs talk about XFS scale, and he's scheduled to talk about SysJail at the New York City BSD conference. And while this is not a BSD.LV project per se, Christophs is working with the university on the Baltic Grid, which is a, well, Baltic states supercomputing grid, and the Latvians were not quite using their hardware to its greatest potential. So I think it'll be mutually beneficial for Christophs to get in there and show them what they can do with it. So as I may have mentioned earlier, the BSD.LV project will hopefully take on a strong commercial aspect of purely open source contract work. We're doing some of that in the Pike language now. And over here in Europe, EU funds are generally quite available if you know how to ask for them and how to do all the paperwork. It's a shame that all the DARPA funds have dried up for OpenBSD and such. So I 
would like to see ourselves as a, well, definitely put Latvia on the open source map. And given that all of Europe is one flight away, sometimes like a, a nine cent or something plus tax Ryanair flight, I think we can do some very good things for open source in Europe. And I must comment that notice how the BSDs have largely left America. In some respects, they've gone to Canada. In some respects, BSD is big in Japan. And so looking through your list of guests, you'll see these virtually unpronounceable last names to American speakers. And, hey, it's important to, you know, identify what's in common among all these developers. And, hey, there's some great stuff, a lot of good software, and we all need the stuff to work. I like to say that regardless of if I'm sending a many-thousand-euro invoice or sending a picture of my daughter to grandma, I still need the system to work. doesn't matter. So there are a few comments on that. Now on to your individual use of BSD. Are you just using it on servers and running Apple's operating system on desktops? I naively thought that come OS X and their use of the parts of the FreeBSD user land and employing Hubbard and all that, that we would have a just a dream environment where server-side we might run the Darwin kernel or alternatively the FreeBSD kernel and have a common user land. And on my little loyal iBook, I'd run the same FreeBSD user land and ideally a FreeBSD kernel with some kind of compat as uh, Emmanuel Dreyfus has worked on to do a combat mock and combat Darwin. But alas, that utopia has not yet arrived. Apple's kind of tightened up, and, well, like I said, all those combat projects need a little help being brought up to date. So it's still very much Mac OS X current on the desktop, which happens to be a portable, and OpenBSD on the servers. Christoph's main development environment is pretty much what your other guests have described, which is a very simple window manager and VI and GCC and, I don't know, autoconf, and he's happy. So I personally would love to see that little Nokia Mamo.org 770 running OpenBSD. I know it's on the Zaurus, but... That's more of where I'd want to be, so I can SSH from pretty much anywhere with a Wi-Fi connection. And I don't know, I won't go into what's running on my Mac, but it is quite a bit of open-source software, and I do find more bugs in the closed-source components than the open ones, short of rsync, which has some pretty annoying long-standing bugs. Well, are there any other topics that you want to talk about today? If there's anyone out there who is familiar with MIPS, and perhaps those Soacris boards, I don't know if you've had a guest from them, but there is something called the router board that is made here in Latvia. And it's effectively a little computer made in little old Latvia. And they've done very well setting up a turnkey wireless routing solution that is a combination of landlines here and there, plus wireless between, say, apartment buildings, and I think they're deployed in Iraq, they're deployed all over Asia, they're deployed all over Eastern Europe. And I would love to see someone take on a port of OpenBSD, basically a real routing OS, 
to the system. It is currently running Debian, and I could probably talk to the company to get perhaps one donated, or I might even help out and obtain one. But I think given the activity in MonoWall, given the activity in oh, so crisp boards and all those cool Linux hacks of Linksys routers, I think there could be a lot of benefit in getting those platforms out there and embracing this little machine that's designed to be a router, designed to take on everything else out there. Other topics, it's always neat to hear guests mention on looking back, and 1995 stands out for me when there was shrink-wrapped Unixware and shrink-wrapped OpenStep, and a little before that, coherent Unix, and pretty much everything we could want in a server-side or desktop Unix was available, but it was all closed source. And clearly, the closed source model didn't fit them, and most of those have fallen off the map as for availability. I was very excited about Unixware. It was pretty much true Unix, relatively affordable, but it was trumped by Linux, which was, at the time, vastly inferior, but it was free. I invite any of your listeners to read the book, uh, I think it's Quarter Century of Unix, and Mike Gunkar's The Linux Philosophy, or Unix Philosophy. He's now expanded that to be the Unix-Linux philosophy, but the first edition is just fine. The history of these systems is just brilliant, yet tragic at times, and I'm so glad that some of your guests have, have, were there at the inception and you know, made all this happen. So that begs the question, hey, where will we all be in a few years? I mean, Apple's path with OS X is basically as open as, as it needs to be to meet their needs. Linux is kind of plateauing. The BSDs are going through a little shake-up in some respects, especially in reference to that recent future of NetBSD message that drew a whole bunch of attention. And hey, Will, I, I greatly appreciate that you're there at the center bringing these voices to the table. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much for speaking with me today. It's been a pleasure. All right, and uh, good luck with Sysjails. I guess at this point I better go uh, start trying them. Hey, give it a try. It won't bite, and you can kill it with one process. It'll be out of your life. So. All right, well, thank you. Thank you. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. Or if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 66.